0: Welcome to Big Boot Bets. It's the Get That Money Podcast. I am Nate Stevenson, and as always, I am joined by Mr. Big Boofy Skirman and Mr. Tony T-Bone Guarino. It is the NFL playoffs, gentlemen. We have made it without any cancelled games. Can you believe it?
1: Amazing, man. Super happy that uh, you know, we were able to get the whole slate in. I remember even saying in like June, like just don't take away football from me. I'm cool with everything else. Just, just don't take football away. And so far, so good. Amen, Boof. Amen. What say you, Tone? Here we go.
2: Da da na, na, na. Here we go. Da 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 da. You know the song. But Pittsburgh's going to the divisional round. <laughs> 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 uh, fortunately, I would like to be more oh, confident hopefully. than that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> oh, baby, just like you said. Playoff week finally here. I can't believe we got the entire NFL season in. I'm just riding that high, and oh, I just I can't wait to keep this train going. I, I know we have a lot to talk about before we get started too. So I'm just I, I can't wait to um get to this playoff rounds.
0: Amen, baby. Amen. But uh, before we get there, let's uh, recap the last week of the regular season, Booth.
1: All right. So we had 16 locks last week after both of our conditional picks did come to fruition. Sadly, yet again. <laughs> uh, our locks went 8-8. Eight and eight. Losers were Falcons plus 7. That was a conditional pick. Uh, Cowboys minus 2.5. Uh, that was a line that went down. So we got it at a crappy number. Still wouldn't have covered anyway uh vikings minus six and a half very disappointing in that one i know Davin cook didn't end up playing but i just consider the vikings to be significantly better than the lions and that proved to not be the case they almost lost the game Uh, steelers and browns under 42 i remember watching the game with you guys and like mason rudolph and the steelers they scored the last touchdown to bust our under and they get within two points and at that point we're like uh, he better get the two-point conversion and send us to overtime and win the game, which, of course, he didn't. So the Steelers lose, and we don't hit our under. Uh, Titans minus seven. That was another conditional pick. Took a last-second heave to A.J. Brown and then a field goal off of the upright to go through uh, for the Titans to win by a field goal. Obviously not enough for us. Seahawks minus five and a half and the Seahawks minus 40... Or I'm sorry, Seahawks and 49ers... Under 46 and a half. Uh, Seahawks did win, but wasn't good enough. And then the Eagles plus one and a half. That line shot all the way up to plus six and a half. Uh, Which kudos to you if you waited it out that long. Because plus six and a half is what it took to actually win that bet. Because Doug Peterson's also an idiot. (laughs) Well, maybe not an idiot, but just just a dick. It's true. That's, (laughs) That's a very good point. Wasn't first everybody that was hoping for the Eagles to do well, whether exactly. you're a Giants fan or a better at anything under than six and a half? Peterson was not your boy that night. I feel like 95% of the country is like F. Doug Peterson. <laughs> um, we did have some winners, as I said. We had eight of them. We had the Ravens minus 11 and a half, they were in cruise control the whole way. Um, Steelers plus 10. We had the Rams minus one with the new Kurt Warner, John Wolford. Just kidding. Probably not quite Kurt Warner, but good enough on that day. Packers minus four and a half. Packers and Bears over 50 and a half. Raiders and Broncos over 50 and a half. Chargers and Chiefs over 43 and a half. And the Saints minus six and a half. Um, worth noting, all of our overs did hit this week, so proud of that one. That brings our season total to 85, 74, and five. With a fifty-three point four six percent success rate, and if you follow us on social media, we gave you our props like we always do on Sunday. Uh, They went thirteen and eight. Worth noting, if you just simply ignored the Eagles game for us, you would have had three more winners this week. So, not proud of that. I would say, but just screw that game. I just want to say, screw that game. That's all.
0: I was going to say yeah I wish I wish we all ignored the Eagles yeah, game. You could, have,
1: you could have dodged Jalen Hurts, Boston Scott and just the Eagles plus one. But anyway, right. props are now up to 166 134. I'm sorry, 166 and 134 with a 55.33 success rate. And moving on to the next order of business, this has been something that amongst the three of us Uh, Pretty much since halfway through the year when everything was looking pretty good, we've been excited to share with you guys. And those of you who are our loyal followers who have been around since episode one this year, um, I'm sure you recognized it in your own uh, bank accounts, because all of them cashed. Uh, We did do an episode of NFL Futures. They were team win totals over unders. Uh, we went 8-0-2, oh, so undefeated on the year with uh, team preseason team total over-unders as locks. We gave you 10 of them. Eight of them hit, two of them pushed. They were the Packers over 8.5. Um, Bears under 8. That was a push. Bucks over 9.5, Patriots under 9.5, Bills over 8.5. Jets under six and a half, Ravens over 11, that was our second push, Steelers over nine, Chiefs over 11 and a half, and the Jaguars under five. Now, when we plug that into our lock success rate calculator here, that bumps our season success rate up to 55. Point six nine percent. So, I know I recognize it in my own bank account. Hopefully, you guys were on board from the start and you saw it come come pouring into your own bank account. Very exciting times for us.
0: Yeah, Boof, that's awesome. I know we had been intently watching that throughout the season, and especially as it looked like a lot of things were going to hit, uh, and that we were all very excited about that. So, just further gives me confidence that uh, we can properly read teams and um, both during the season and as far as the season outlook outlook goes so if um, if you're new to the show if or or if you're a loyal listener obviously tune in all year
1: and uh, make sure you put those futures bets in baby yeah and def- I mean definitely think of us come come next season I mean you can't do better than undefeated baby <laughs> we didn't cost you money on any pick there I'm exactly I'm super proud
0: of that return on investment is really good. That's as good as you can possibly do.
2: All right. Well, speaking of the future, let's look into the future and get started with the uh, Saturday wildcard games where we will start with the Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills laying six and a half. You're over under at 51 and a half.
0: There's no possible way I can take the lead on this one. Bills on a roll. This is all you, baby.
1: Thank you, Nate. Um, Obviously, I have been on the Bills for quite some time now. Uh, I'm taking the Bills minus six and a half. They have been a dominant team for the second half of the season here. And if we go back and look at their schedule, their last three games to close out the season, we beat the Dolphins, who are a 10-win team, In a game they had to have, when we weren't even playing our starters here, beat them by 30. Game before that, we play the Patriots, beat them by 29, beat the Bill, or I'm sorry, we beat the Broncos by 29 before that. Then you get the Steelers, beat them by 11, 49ers by 10, Chargers by 10. You have a loss on the Hale-Murray at Arizona, and then beat the Seahawks by 10. So three in a row to finish the year at 29, 29, and 30. And then four out of five after that, where you win by at least 10. This spread is only six and a half. I do respect the Colts. Um, I think they have a good defense, a good running game. When Phillip Rivers plays well and isn't pressured, they have a good passing game. So they are a very well-balanced team and are good in a lot of areas. This, to me, is just more about how good the Bills are. I think the Bills are better in, maybe not quite as good on defense, but on offense, they are significantly better. Josh Allen is playing amazing football. Uh, the addition of Stephon Diggs this year has been monumental for them, and it showed up almost in every single week. And the, the spread, as long as it stays under a touchdown, I'm taking the Bills. So we got it at six and a half. I love it. And uh, for me, it lockworthy. Nate, what say you?
0: I could not agree more, man. I, I've i been extremely impressed with what I've seen from Josh Allen this season um, and the Bills, especially the last half of the year. Uh, they should arguably be going into the playoffs on a long win streak, if not for the Hill Mary, as you referenced. Uh, Allen having an unbelievably uh, great year in terms of just development and performance. He was one of the most inaccurate passers last year. He is now the third most accurate passer in the league this season, which is just a a, a crazy step forward. Definitely gives the Buffalo, definitely gives the city of Buffalo a lot to be excited about for both this year and the future. Uh, Him and the connection that Stephon Diggs have is just, it's what you see in elite teams that are competing for the Super Bowl every year. And I think they are going to be, Making beautiful music together for the years to come. Uh, as I said, I agree with a lot of what you said. I just think this is a team that's just gotten hot, and they've gotten hot at the right time. They're at home. Bills Mafia will be in attendance. There will be fans in the stands. That is a big deal. Is Buffalo is a rowdy venue at home with those fans. The Bills last playoff of, not. The Bills last playoff win was in 1995. I feel very confident that ends this season. I agree with you, Boof. Let's lock in minus six and a half.
2: Oh, yeah. Get that money. All right, moving on to the middle game on Saturday. We have the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks, the Seahawks laying four, and the over-under at 43. The
0: lover of just great offense and football that I am, I... It actually is upsetting um, that the Seahawks have not let Russ cook the last half of the year because you know a lot of the things they were doing in the first half of the season offensively was just fun to watch. You had DK just getting a ton of yards. Russ just chucking balls over the yard, a lot of points by the Hawks. It was a beautiful thing to watch. But I, I say that, but on the other hand, as far as predicting games – The fact that their defense has gotten way better the second half of the season and their offense has become very predictable in terms of how they manage games with not letting Russ cook as a better. I I really appreciate that. And you, we have a total of 43 points here that is just a very, very juicy under to me with how Seattle has been playing as a team. And now you're going against a Rams team with a good defense and their backup quarterback there all of that says under to me. So I, I love the under. Um and the fact that the Rams are have again have a backup quarterback under center and Mr. Wolford, who did perform admirably last week against the Cardinals. Uh, I do like Seattle to win. It would not surprise me if they cover the number of minus four. So um that would be my lean there. My best, my again, my favorite bet is under 43. And just a couple more nuggets that I th- I found very interesting. Um Seattle missed the playoffs only one time in the last eight years, and that was in 2017. But those seven years that they have been in the playoffs, they have won at least one game. So if you want to again, you want to take the Seattle money line and just be extra safe. I like that a lot. Which leads me to one of my favorite FanDuel prop parlays, or however they listed on there, and that is the combo of the Seattle money line and the under of 42 and a half at plus 190 so you're getting almost two to one on seattle to win the game and under 42 and a half points i think those that's all pretty pretty juicy as i said we have the under at 43 i believe that was on DraftKings, um so that's the number official number we're going to be using but um just wanted to throw that extra little nugget out there for everybody who wants to throw uh, some extra cheese to make some extra units and um i believe that's all i have boof what do you got
1: well, first off, I think that's a great little nugget at the end there with uh, the Seattle money line and under. I think that's an awesome pick. Uh, I can get on board with that myself. Um, just as far as the Seattle overview, it's it's interesting because they kind of stopped letting Russ cook literally halfway through the year, and they were six and two at the time. And they go through the second half of the year. Obviously, they finished twelve and four. So when they didn't let Russ cook, and it was more about the running game and slowing it down and getting better on defense, they went 6-2 and two doing that. So I'm kind of like you. I am pro. Let's be aggressive. Let's play to our strengths. To me, you paid Russell Wilson all this money. Why are we not letting him throw the ball on first down over and over? Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, they went 6-2 and two basically with both philosophies. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. Maybe Pete Carroll's wrong, and maybe I know more than Pete Carroll. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but regardless, we are in the Russ not cooking stage uh, of things here. And the the Seattle Seahawks, played the Rams twice. Obviously, they're in the same division. Those totals were 20 to six and 23 to 19, uh, both of which obviously go under the 42 and a half. Jared Goff might play in this game. Um, he played in the first two. Both went under this total. If he does play in this game, he's coming off of thumb surgery on his throwing hand. So you tell me, do you think he's going to throw the ball better than he did in those two games or worse than he did in those two games? Um, if it ends up not being Goff and it ends up being Wolford, you know, we were calling him potentially the next Kurt Warner. I, I think we can back off of that a little bit. A little tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> yeah, you know, having a little fun with it, you know. Uh, but if we're keeping it real, I think we need to back off of that a little bit. He His stat line for the game last week against the Cardinals, who I would call a I would consider them to be a middle-of-the-pack defense. I, I don't think they stink. I don't think they're great. Uh, he was 22 of 38 for 231 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. So decent, but not that good throwing the ball. Um, he did have six carries for 56 yards, so did, did display a little bit of athleticism and a little bit of mobility running the ball. Keep an eye on that over rushing prop for him. Sorry
0: to interrupt, Booth, but that just hit me here.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll see where that is. And, uh, of course, if it's favorable, we will be, you know, tweeting that out and put it out on social media um but beyond that after the rams got the pick six to give themselves a little bit of a lead in that game you saw them go ultra conservative so you have a coach of pete carroll that hasn't been letting russ cook for over over half the season and now we got sean McVay over here who doesn't necessarily believe in this quarterback and i think all signs point towards the under like you said It's 43 points. They've already played twice. Both of those went under, and everything logically tells me it's going to hit the under. So I love the under, and it's a lock for us. Oh, yeah, lock it in. Get that money.
2: Okay, the uh, final Saturday game is the Tampa Bay Bucks at the Washington football team. 2020 is still following us in the 2021, I guess. (laughs) At the 7-9 team. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the Bucks are laying eight and a half, and the over-under is at 45. Okay.
1: Um, Washington, very quietly, has covered this number in each of the last 11 games uh, of their season. So for me, I, I, if you made me, I would take the eight and a half points. Um, beyond that, Alex Smith, in the games he has started, Washington is 5-1. and one. Now, the counter-arguments you might entertain is the quality of competition. Uh, Washington has played the Eagles, Panthers, Seahawks, 49ers, Steelers, Cowboys, Bengals, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, Giants in that stretch. So if we're all being honest with each other, the Steelers and the Seahawks are the only teams that are worth a crap throughout that stretch. So full disclosure, that's just how it's played out this year. I don't know. That's just enough of a sample size for me. And the fact that they did it against a 12-win Steeler team and a 12-win Seattle team, and even in the Seattle game, that was a Dwayne Haskins start, so they didn't even need Alex Smith. For me, I like Washington to cover this number. Uh, beyond that, if you look at the types of teams that can give Tom Brady trouble, it's when you can rush the quarterback and not have to commit so many guys to rushing the quarterback, meaning you don't have to blitz. Uh, Washington's got Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, and uh, Chase Young. And everybody's going to say you know, Chase Young was out there chirping Tom Brady at the end of the game, and it's made its way on the social media and stuff. Uh, but to me, he's just keeping it real. He knows Tampa Bay's tackles stink, and they're not going to be able to hang with him. And we're going to see if Bruce Arians is going to be stubborn and stick with the no at no-biscuit, or if he's going to be willing to commit help to dealing with him. And even if they commit help to dealing with him, they're still going to have to deal with the other guys on that defensive front. So I think Washington is strong where you need to be uh, in order to beat Tampa Bay. And the spread is over a touchdown. I do think Tampa Bay is going to win the game. But if you ask me, I think Tampa's going to win it by a touchdown. So if I really was going to play it, I would tease. Literally, I would tease either end of this. I feel comfortable teasing Washington up to 14.5. Or I feel comfortable teasing Tampa Bay down to minus 2.5. And And I think uh, the game is going to land somewhere in that Tampa Bay wins the game but it's not by a ton kind of territory. So if you made me, I would take Washington plus eight and a half. The only thing that is enough to scare me away from calling it a lock is just, let's be real, Tampa Bay has looked awesome uh, the last two and a half games. So the second half against Atlanta, then they whooped Detroit, and then they whooped Atlanta in the in the finale. So that's the only reason why I'm not super gung-ho on, my, on Washington but if you made me, that's where I would go. And I also uh, very much like either team in a six-point teaser.
0: Yeah, a lot a lot of good point, points, Booth. I, um, I can't hate on any of that logic. I just have a, a gut feeling that uh, Tampa Bay is kind of getting hot at the right time here with how they performed the last few games of the season. You have, in my opinion, a... I was gonna say a football team, but it's they're actually the football team. You have <laughs> the football team. I, I I just think they're just happy to be here. Um, I feel like they're they've already accomplished their goals, and they're realistic with the fact that they're not a Super Bowl contender. I mean, not even close. Um, they're not even a contender to get to the conference championship. You have a it's a young team. In a lot of ways, and then on top of that, you have the awesome uh, comeback story that is Alex Smith at quarterback, uh, Ron Rivera uh, overcoming cancer literally during the season as their coach. Just so many awesome stories on that on that team, and so definitely easy to root for. But I just I just think it's one of those deals where they're they're running into a freight train here in Tampa Bay that has so many weapons on offense. As I said, they, they've gotten hot at the right time. And then on top of that, you have Chase Young, a rookie, poking the bear as he's running off the field uh, in that w- victory against the Eagles saying, I want Tom Brady. I just don't think that's – that's not something I recommend doing. I don't think that's a good idea. And we're getting minus eight and a half. Tampa Bay could win by a touchdown, yes, but I, I don't have faith – in the uh, Washington offense to do enough against what on a, any given day could be a good Tampa Bay defense. So I think Tampa, I think it's more likely for me, Tampa Bay wins by double digits and Washington's offense doesn't do much of anything at all. So I would lean laying the points of Tampa Bay. I would also lean the under just because I don't think Washington's offense is going to do very much. So. Um, uh, that, that, that's, those are my two favorite things. And using that same logic, you can get the Buccaneers to win and under 46 and a half as a money line total points parlay on Fandle at plus 115. Uh, I would not be afraid to put a unit on that at all. So, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, feels like we're Feels like we're against each other here, Boof. so um I'm going to pass it.
1: Indeed. I, I I think it's worth noting that Ron Rivera is a guy that has coached his team to the Super Bowl before. Um, as far as Chase Young talking crap on Tom Brady, we, we've seen this before with Rex Ryan and the Jets, and we've seen it with the Ravens, and, you know, Tom Brady didn't torch them. I mean, they, they, they went out. They were teams that weren't afraid of him, and it just went out and beat them on the field, so... I'm not saying that Washington's going to win, but I think they can, they can hang around.
2: All right, well, let's head on over into Sunday's wildcard action, where we will start things off with the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans, the Ravens laying three, and the over-under at 55. Uh, um, so recent history on
0: this, the thing that's staring you in the face is playoff Lamar. Not very good the last couple of seasons. And I think that's honestly a big reason you've seen the line movement you have because the Titans opened at three and a half point favorites. It's already gotten down to three. I like that, honestly. The Titans don't have a good defense. They're, the Titans are not as good this year as they were last year. They're not coming into the playoffs – as hot. I say as hot. They're still I mean they've still won, you know, a few games in a row coming into the playoffs, but they're not coming into the playoffs as hot as they were last year. Baltimore has seen them once this year. They lost in overtime 30 to 24 with Derrick Henry getting a walk-off touchdown. I just so the last time these the last two times these teams have played, obviously the first time being I and mean, last year's playoffs, Tennessee won 20-12. to 12. Playoff Lamar took a, a slight step forward from his first playoff appearance, had a lot of passing yards, but a lot of bad breaks for Baltimore in that game. Uh, I don't really think, honestly, he got much Lamar. He is in Lamar, got much help, a lot of drop passes, uh, some tipped at receptions. He had a lot of yards passing, a lot of yards rushing. So it's not like he and the Baltimore offense were not productive. They just, I think some of that was bad luck. They lost, as I said, 28 to 12. Um, That is way under the total. So we're going to, we're going to table that for just a second. And then you have the game this year against the Titans. Again, that was 30 to 24. Um, It was 24, 24 going into overtime. It took a touchdown in overtime to reach 54. That is still under the total. I think everyone can tell where I'm trending with this. Baltimore. Also, 14 of the 16 games they have played this year, including the game I just mentioned against the Titans, in which there were 54 points scored in overtime. 14 of the 16 games this year have gone under the total of 55. So as much as I lean towards the Ravens getting the job done this year against a really, really bad Titans defense, which literally took me half the year to finally get on board with because Boofy was yelling at me all year about it, I expect all the running that's going to occur with both teams to play a big role on how quickly this game moves, which means a lot of running clock and both recent history between these two teams and how ravens games tend to go this season i think the under which may surprise a lot of people is a very sneaky play in this game and as i said i expect the ravens to win i expect lamar to get over that playoff hump but my favorite bet's under 55 and i don't think it's going to be close
1: all right so i like i like tennessee plus three um obviously tennessee has won the last two matchups between the two uh both were big games at the time when they happened obviously last year baltimore was the number one seed in the afc and tennessee beat them at their place in the playoffs uh this year in week 11 tennessee went to baltimore again and beat them again now the, the stuff i hear about like Oh, Baltimore's got a good defense, and they're gonna be able to shut down Henry and all this. Like Derrick Henry went for 28 carries for 133 yards in the game this year. And last year he went for 30 carries for 195 yards uh in that game. Now now when do we ever like not expect Derrick Henry to get the ball? So My point is Baltimore showed up knowing they got to shut down Henry two games in a row. They weren't able to do it. Now, beyond that, for whatever reason, people still seem to think that Ryan Tannehill can't get it done. Now, if we go back to the Ravens game, which was November the 22nd, and we go off of the quarterback rating. So basically it's no secret that the Titans play complimentary football. You know, they want to run first and Tannehill is asked to make plays. Um, the reality is he's made said plays. So again, if we go back to that, the uh, November 22nd, the Baltimore game, six out of the last seven games, Tannehill has had a quarterback rating over a hundred, including games with 145.8 and 131.3. He has been excellent. They have two good receivers in A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. When they need to throw, they can. And I think they do a good job of making sure they throw when they want to throw. So when they get a favorable look, they go downfield. When they get a favorable run look, they run the ball. It's pretty basic stuff, but they're good at it. And that's what good teams do. Now, I have a team that has beaten said opponent two times in a row. Both in cases where one of which Baltimore was the number one seed in the AFC in the playoffs. And the other one was week 11 in the middle of things where both teams really needed the game. So now Tennessee, both of those were on the road. Now we're at home and it's in the playoffs and Tennessee is still getting uh, a field goal. Earlier in the week, it was three and a half. So you might even say, see it go up. Uh, give me Tennessee with the points. And that's where I'm at on it. As far as the undergoes. Uh, Nate kind of laid it out I mean both of these guys want to run the ball that means the clock is going to be moving uh, outside of a bunch of huge runs if we keep everything in you know the five yardish territory per carry give or take uh the clock is going to be running drive should take longer which means less possessions and less opportunities to score points um both of the previous two meetings did go under this number of 55. Uh, even the game this year went to overtime and had a touchdown. So in a way it had a bonus touchdown and still didn't hit that number. So I I think this is a number that reflects um, how bad Tennessee's defense has been, which is accurate. It's just, I've already seen it twice when these two teams play each other, the game goes a little bit differently and I'm also on board with the under. So I am down to lock the under with you. Um, But as far as the spread goes, I would be taking Tennessee. Uh, you want pizza box that baby? You know what? Screw it, man. Let's do the pizza box. Oh, yeah, pizza box. And let's lock it in and get that money. 40 under.
2: Let's go. All right. Up next, we have the Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints laying 10. And the over under at 47 and a half.
1: Okay. I, I like the Bears on this one. Now, let's start with Chicago has covered the number of 10 in 13 out of 16 games this year. They also did get to play the Saints earlier this season. Um, That game went to overtime. It was a 26-23 win uh, for the Saints. Now, in that game, Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders did not play. Both are expected to play for the Saints. Uh, Kamara uh, had a COVID scare this week. He is also expected to play. Now, Kamara in this game uh, the first time had a great game. He had over 60 yards rushing and over 90 yards receiving. So he already played and had a great game in a game that only went to overtime. The Bears in that game uh, were still in the Nick Foles era uh, during the middle of the season here. Mitchell Trubisky has been playing much better football down the stretch for the Bears, uh, including winning three out of their last four games. Now the Packers game here, they lost 35 to 16 last week in a game that, that you know obviously the Bears would have liked to have won. Uh, that game was 21 to 16 going late into the fourth quarter. So the, the score looks a lot worse than what actually happened. So to me, the Bears played what is the number one seed in the NFC. very tight and we've already played the Saints. And that game went to overtime. We're talking about 10. We're not even talking about 7. We're talking about 10 points here. It's another big checkpoint for us. I just think it's too many points. I do think the Saints are going to win. But plus 10, too many points. Give me the Bears. Plus 10. For me, that's in lock territory.
0: One of the craziest stats I heard was that the Saints have lost their last three playoff appearances on the last play of the game. That's that's. Like, talk about heartbreaking. That's that's nuts.
1: And obviously, you know, can we think about that? Is that uh Stefan Diggs with like the crazy Hail Mary esque type play? Then the crappy pass interference against the Rams, and then something against the Vikings last year?
0: Yeah, that was the Vikings, yeah, twice, and then against the the, the Rams. Yep. Yep, that's right. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a very good memory, sir. It's like you're a good better or something.
1: <laughs> I like the th- I, I, I hope so. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, also the Saints and Bears already played this season. Um, that was 26 23 Saints in Chicago in overtime. So very close game already this season between these two teams, with arguably a worse quarterback for the Bears. As you noted, Boof, um Mitch has been playing a lot better since he got back into the starting role. I think that matters a lot here. The bears are getting 10 points, 10 against a saints team that you have people coming back from injury, uh, in Michael Thomas and Kamara, I guess Kamara, not so much injury, but the COVID. So, I mean, the, the effects that that has on a person literally varies and is kind of a wild card in and of itself. Um, I think all I think you made a lot of great points, and a lot of the data and logic points to the Bears plus 10 just being too good to pass up. So uh, I'm going to roll with the Bears plus 10, baby.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Get that money. Okay, the final Sunday night wild card game and wild card game of the week. It'll be the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers laying six. And you're over under at 47 and a half.
0: I'm going to do my best here to not be an obnoxious yinzer because obviously I'm excited that my team is in the playoffs, which, you know, I'm used to because we're winners here in Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, the people of Cleveland don't know what that's like a lot. And I feel bad for them a little bit, just a little bit. because I don't. I mean, you know, Boof. Um, I don't know how to respond to that, but okay. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I, I gotta say, like, a part of me does feel a little bit bad for them. Just, I, you know what? Part of me, the reason I feel bad is because they finally, like, we all know it's been a struggle for Cleveland, but they finally have a good season. They finally get to the playoffs. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, COVID is taking out a couple of your best players, your head coach. And then, by the way, you have to go down to Pittsburgh and try to beat the bad bully on the block that you haven't pretty much been able to handle for like two decades to advance in the playoffs. Good luck. Good fight. So, I mean, I, I in that regard, I feel a little bit bad, but, but once the Steelers take care of business, and i've had about five or six beers in me on sunday night. um i'm probably not going to feel that bad about it and just going to be um you know ready to look forward to the next round of the playoffs. so yeah, a full strength steelers squad already took care of the browns earlier this season. The Browns barely beat the Steelers second stringers last week in a half to win game to get into the playoffs. The Steelers are laying 6 here. I think that's a no-brainer. And the total is at 47 and a half. I think you look at the first game more as a more representative indication of what is going to happen this game. And that was also under the total. So I think both of those are juicy for me. I like a Steelers win. I like the Steelers defense to also get it done. Give me the Steelers minus six and under 47 and a half. Go Steelers!
1: So, in last week's game, Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, Marquise Pouncey, and Big Ben Roethlisberger uh, did not play. It was only a two-point victory for the Browns, and the Steelers did have an opportunity to tie it with a two-point conversion at the end of the game that they did not convert. Uh, the first game, which was in Pittsburgh, the Steelers win, did win 38-6. Uh, I see it going more like the first game. Denzel Ward is expected to be back for Cleveland in this one, but they are down. Who's the def- defensive end that they're down? He, he got he, he tore an Achilles last week. Nate, help me out here. Uh, Vernon. Yeah, they are down. Olivier Vernon uh, out with an Achilles uh, from last week. So they're missing half of their pass rush. And that's one area where Cleveland would be able to take advantage of a weakness with the Steelers, which is their offensive line. Um, I do think that the Steelers, having their guys back on defense, will be able to handle Nick Chubb and company in the the running game. I don't think Cleveland's going to be able to get it going in the passing game. They barely got it going last week. So I like the Steelers at anything under a touchdown. This is only six. I'm down with that. And then as far as the over-under is concerned, if you look at where the injuries are, uh, well, not necessarily the injuries, um, but with COVID, uh, Joel Batonio, the left guard for Cleveland, is out. So I, I really do think the Steelers are going to be able to hold Cleveland and check offensively, and that's a big part of this. So I like the under, where are we getting them? 47 and a half. Love that. And we're going to close out the playoff slate with two locks.
0: Oh, yeah. Get that money. Twice. Go
2: Steelers. All right. Well, that wraps up the wild card week and does it for me. As always, I will throw it over to Booth to wrap up the wild locks for this week.
1: Thank you, Tone. We've got six locks this week. They are the Bills minus six and a half. Rams and Seahawks under 43. Titans and Ravens under 55. Bears plus 10. Stellars minus six and Steelers and Browns under 47 and a half. And, uh, Nate, I, I knew you already shared one parlay with me that I already placed myself. Uh, and I, I, I know you got a couple more beyond that. So go ahead.
0: Oh yeah. We definitely get some parlays for the people.
1: Not quite tear uh,
0: tier style this week because of the, because of the playoffs and everything, but, um, definitely have some good stuff for everybody this week. So first of all, as you know, we've mentioned the how Fandle does the uh, has a parlay section. And you can par we have already done a parlay of parlays made famous by our one and only Mr. Guarino here on the podcast. And I think I have one that he's gonna like. And it goes, it starts with Buffalo minus six and a half. And then we're gonna go parlay number five on Fandle in the parlay section. Seattle minus 2.5 and and under 50.5 for plus 110. And also parlor number 5. Tampa Bay minus 6.5 and and under 54.5 at plus 100. Also parlor number 5, theme here. Baltimore minus 1.5 and and under 62.5 at plus 125. And then we're going to go the New Orleans halftime full-time at minus 190. And again, back to parlay number five for the Steelers-Browns game. Steelers minus one and a half and under 55 and a half at minus 120. And then we're just going to chuck in the Alabama money line for the national championship for college because Bama takes care of business.
1: I a- love that.
0: Uh, I mean, bro, come on. Let's go. Saban takes care of business. It's a seven-leg parlay. That's plus sixty-seven thirty-seven. On the odds, so hundred dollar bet will win you six thousand seven hundred thirty seven dollars. That's our big guy of the week. So we did as as good as we could here with giving you a big money guy. All right. So next, uh, we're gonna move back down, and we're gonna go Bills minus six and a half. Rams Seattle under forty two and a half because it's Fanduel and that's what the number is. The under forty three was on DraftKings, which is very important for those who want the extra half a point. The Tampa Bay halftime full-time at minus 180. I expect Tampa Bay to take care of business all game. Baltimore minus three, or if you like Tennessee, then go Tennessee plus three. But I expect Baltimore to win, so I'm going Baltimore minus three. New Orleans halftime full-time at minus 190, because although we do expect Chicago to keep it within shouting distance, we both expect New Orleans to get the job done. Um, so I do think New Orleans halftime full-time presents some value in a parlay at minus 190. And then parlay number five again, Pittsburgh minus one and a half and under 55 and a half at minus 120 because I just think that's those are two things that are damn near locks. Well, not damn near locks. They are locks, and we're getting more points on both of them. So I love both of those things at minus 120. That's a six-leg parlay at plus 2736. So um, $100 bet. You're looking at almost $2,750. I like that a lot. And then one of the teasers that Boof was referencing is a six and a half point teaser, which brings the Bills down to them, the Rams, Hawks to under 49, Tampa Bay minus two, Baltimore plus three and a half, or the total under 61. I like both of those. You can do either or for that. New Orleans minus three. And then the Brown Steelers total to under 54, or the Steelers down to plus a half a point, which is basically just win the game. Considering it's the playoffs and you have to win, so you have a couple options on that teaser, and that brings it to plus 400. I like that a lot. Hundred will bet it wins you 400. And lastly, our get out of jail free on a wild card playoff weekend. We have the Bills money line, Rams Hawks. Under 48.5 at minus 250. Tampa Bay money line, Baltimore money line, New Orleans money line, and Pittsburgh money line. Six legs gives you odds of plus 493. Or if you want to subtract Baltimore and feel extra safe, it'll give you a five-leg parlay at plus 280 on the odds. I like all of that. And um, I feel like it's going to be a very, very profitable Wild card weekend for everybody
1: hey me too man i'm looking forward to it it's playoff time baby uh good luck to all of the teams that you root for unless they are cleveland and best of luck on all of your bets let's get that money sorry cleveland friends
0: oh yeah get that money